0: humans never receive in a lifetime. This is The Bob and Jeff Show, starring Bob Lutz.
3: Whatever order of name, Robert Lutz Douglas, whatever okay. you call me, I'm, I'll am i answer.
0: That would be terrific. That would be great, huh? Terrific. That was terrific. In Jason Duda, for today anyway. I'm, I'm not a big deal. I've been saying
4: that for the last five, six years. But people wearing my jersey, or then my jersey's hanging at interest. Yeah.
0: 97.5 in 1240 KFH. It's gonna be legend. Wait for it. And I hope you're not lactose intolerant because
2: the
5: second half of that word is dairy. Legendary. Are you ready? Let's
2: go!
0: All
3: right, we apparently have the two biggest betting geniuses in the history of the world with us today. Welcome to the show, the Bob and Jeff Show, KFH Radio. Jason Duda with me today, as is Max Power. They can't slap each other on the back enough. Uh, They got lucky last night, picked the Lions uh, with the points, and uh, the Chiefs bailed them out, and uh, congratulations to both of you.
4: Uh, You're making it sound like we didn't pick it and got lucky. Well, that's exactly what it was. Um, No. I explained it to you yesterday. The Chiefs right now are not that good. They don't have their second and third best players playing. Detroit finished the season great last should have won year. it without them.
3: Should have, could have, whatever. These it are, doesn't we, matter. We think they have oh. NFL quality receivers, but they didn't look like it last night. That was um, embarrassing. The Lions, didn't, the Lions are fine. I, I, in fact, I kind of like the Lions. But my God. But Max is now saying the Chiefs have no chance of repeating. You guys are nuts. I never said if, that. Well I said Max said that. You said then you said you guys are nuts. You guys are nuts. You probably don't think the Chiefs have a chance of repeating either. Say it on this show. The Chiefs have a chance there to you repeat. You they
4: don't go. have Kelsey. They don't got Jones. They get those two guys back, it makes a big difference. It was it was the first game. Detroit they proved last year when they went into Green Bay they had nothing to play for. But if they won that game, they knocked Green Bay out. And they showed up.
3: You knew they were going to show up tonight. You know where Detroit's going to be in January? You know where the Lions are going to be? In the playoffs. They'll, they'll make be, the playoffs. They're going to be de- taking the decorations down from their chimneys. That's what they're going to be doing. They'll, they will make the playoffs. I said
4: yesterday The Detroit will make the playoffs. No question. As will the Chiefs. No question. Those two teams will make the playoffs this year. The Detroit Lions
3: will make the playoffs.
4: Yes, Detroit will. Look at their division, Chicago, Green Bay with Jordan Love. We don't know what he's going to be all about yet. I dropped him. The on my Minnesota's team. not that good. They're, they could win their division. If not, they'll get a wild card. Well, we'll see. No, we'll we, see. I'm telling you right now, we'll see I what happens with the Detroit Lions. Detroit will make the playoffs. Well, we'll see. They they I certainly would have a shot. That's today, a big win. I'll say it Monday. And I don't I'll recall say you Tuesday. ever saying it before. Oh, uh, of course, now yeah. we're saying it. They it,
3: beat they beat Kansas City. Well, and you the, and your selective hearing is just incredible, Max. Do you recall Dudo saying Detroit would make the playoffs on this show?
5: I know Jeff said it. Uh, I'd I have to go back and check the wave.
4: Just listen. Just listen. Yesterday, it's all you got to do. <laughs>
5: well, you, just we pull it up
3: and listen to it. Yes, we
4: Actually, certainly don't you, remember. If you find
3: it, just run the whole segment for us. We certainly don't remember you saying it. But congratulations. You, you, you. Threw one in the wind, and it stuck. Well, I told you. And we're you're, proud of both of you, you, want me you to, and Mac. You want me to make picks? You want me to get serious with it?
4: Then fine, I'll do that. But it's going to be no fun because you're all going to play for second. Well, why don't you do a lot of betting
3: then? Do you do a lot of betting? No, you, I don't.
4: Well, why not? I, if I you, used to years ago, but I If I, you've got I, this I
3: savant-like uh, ability, you'd think, that, man, what a way There's to make. No extra cash kicking around. I mean, we that's how you make extra cash. I
4: think we're going to end up buying a car for crying really? out loud. Well, bet we went ca- out and talked. That's what we were doing today. Bet and the car on the line. We went what out, the but then I made a couple calls, and there's a couple in Oklahoma City that are a little cheaper, so I might drive down there yet. We were going to pick it up tomorrow, but I'm not sure what we're going to do. Is this a car for Avery? or No, what? this is for, well, for Dia. Well, there you go. Um, uh, Yeah, so, yeah. So, make a bet on the lines, and you won't have to. I should have car. I should. I could have got it for half. Could have got him at plus two hundred a couple days ago. Well, there you go. I mean, there's ways. Could have got the car for half price. Only would have had to bet half. So it wouldn't have cost that much. So tell Can us. Go. I'll tell you what. You get your retirement savings out. I'll start. I'll make the picks. And i get 25 percent of whatever we win what, what about what we lose oh yeah that's on you oh but yeah well we're not gonna lose
3: there you go you'll cut
4: me off if we start losing well, right?
3: you got you got some extra cash lying around just put it on a game every week
4: i i have it extra builds. i have
3: extra cash lying around
4: yeah it builds
3: oh my goodness uh so you were also gonna reach out to a former teammate of yours parksy yeah uh parky i don't know what you call him he's the guy Parks. we talked about yesterday uh who was the fightingest guy you ever played with and you got a hold of him i
4: talked to him for a little while yesterday it was on, good to catch on up social media or did you actually no, talk to him i'm not on social media my you wife got, got a his, number my wife sent him a message he sent back sent, sent him sent my number he texted me i called him we had a chat it's good to hear from him he couldn't do it today but he said he'll take a rain check Well, there you go. There you go. We'll get them on later on.
3: For five questions. Sure. Or for just a regular segment. Uh, Wish he could have come on today. But we do have a full show today. What's on tap here on the show? Dylan Schmidt, the head football coach at Andale. Their next victim tonight. I don't know who it is, but I I wouldn't want to be them.
4: Does it ever matter?
3: I believe now 52 wins in a row. We'll have to get the updated. Uh, At 3 o'clock, I'm sorry, at 2.45 today, Joanna Chadwick. Vibe Magazine will be our guest. At uh, 3.25, we're going to talk to Adam Teicher from ESPN.com. He covers the Chiefs. Get his thoughts on the abomination uh, last night. Yes. Uh, And then at 3.40 today, Tammy Cutler from Wichita State Athletics. She is uh, uh, their head media relations person over there, and uh, head of strategic communications. She'll join us for five questions. Perfect. We got a busy show today. We do. We do. Why so busy? Well, it just kind of fell that way. Well, that I guess that's how it works, right? You know, it just it just kind of it just kind of fell that way. That's just fine. And that's how we're going to roll it out. Jeff was at the Eagles last night. Did you talk to him? I haven't I have spoke. I haven't spoken with him, but, you know, we text back and forth. And uh, he loved the show, wishes that they had rolled out a couple songs that no one was expecting them to roll out. But they didn't, and that's what they do. They, they're playing their greatest hits right now. Well, and that's what the majority of Eagles fans want them to play, right? right. Well, it makes sense. It does make sense in a way, but it also is a little bit disappointing.
4: Yeah, but it, why? It,
3: this is their last tour, though, right? This is it, right? Is this what this I've is heard? It. This is it. It's going to last a while, but this is it. So, why roll out anything new? Not new uh, songs, a little bit deeper in their uh, catalog. Uh, not nothing new. They're nothing not going
4: unless you were like,
3: how deep? Like Super Eagles fan deep, or just. Mm, not maybe not that deep but but songs if you're an Eagles fan songs you know right well yeah but how many do they have can they roll roll out all of them they can't roll out all of them we're no. just asking for a couple a couple that they haven't uh, traditionally played live it would have been good to hear that but uh, hey we can't control what they do they did have a, a tribute to Jimmy Buffett so they played Uh, come Monday, and Timothy B. Schmidt did the lead vocal for that. And they played Fins, which that's a curveball, and Joe Walsh did the uh, vocal to that. So a little twist in that way, but they won't continue to do the Buffett tribute probably after the first three or four weeks of this tour, I wouldn't think. Right. But it's good they did it last night.
4: Well, it is good. So Jeff obviously had a good time.
3: Jeff had a great time, and they're uh, on the road back, and it's going to take them a while to drive back from New York City. First stop, Columbus, Ohio, tonight, where, uh, you know, he'll stay with his sister and then hit the road again tomorrow. Well, there you go. The kid's on a roll. Long journey, 1,400 miles. Does he have another one on the agenda? I think he's going to Minneapolis in a few weeks. I think that's uh, yeah. I'll go when they get in this general area. You're gonna Tulsa, go to Oklahoma City, Kansas City. You're gonna go to one more, Wichita. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go see them again. I can't leave it at this. I mean, you can't say you didn't go on their final tour. You can't do that, that as an Eagles fan. That that would not make any sense whatsoever. Right. So, with enthusiasm, I'll go see them at least once, and potentially a couple times. Certainly if they're in Wichita, that's a no-brainer.
4: Are Um, they coming?
3: No, nothing announced yet. They've only announced the first leg of this tour. Gotcha. And it goes through uh, Thanksgiving or or thereabouts. And then they'll take a break. And uh, after the first of the year, they'll hit the road again and announce. my, My guess is that this tour will take at least a year and a half.
4: That's a long tour.
3: It's a long final goodbye long tour a lot of money to be made
4: that is true
3: they could afford the car and they wouldn't have to drive to oklahoma city uh, <laughs> <laughs> what kind of car is it you're looking at it's looking a at tucson I lo- that's a good choice is it all i've heard is good things about those so yeah that
4: well, we had a friend that that has one she really liked it and uh she's went and driven a couple a couple other ones and she liked it so
3: you can't go wrong with a CRV either. No. Oh my goodness! Best vehicle I've ever had. Uh, Honda's are just outstanding, and the CRV is is tremendous. I love it. Absolutely love it. So uh, you might look at that. Well, maybe we will. I got a day to decide. It's always tough to make that choice. Well, here's the thing. It's
4: whatever she wants because I don't care. You've seen you've seen what I've driven since I yeah I've been you're here. you're fine. You, Black
3: Betty was you'd you'd still be driving Black Betty. I would if it had not you know Kids, finally clunked out. It didn't clunk out. What'd
4: you do with it? Well, I kept it in my garage for like a year and a half. And then what? Well, then we figured we needed space, so I sold it. We figured. Well, Again, I don't want to delve into the imaginations of <laughs> My wife figured that it didn't need to just sit there.
3: Well that's a that's a decent point. It's a it's a good point is it, she makes. Is it a good point?
4: Well you need that route. It was a difficult decision for me. It's the only car I ever had. That thing and took you me sold it. all over. All over this. Do you
3: know who you sold it to? You, no, is my it...
4: brother-in-law. Well, I was down there, when he he came and took, because I hadn't driven it for a year and a half, so jumped it, got in it, and drove it down there. That's how Betty
3: was. She just went. What were you driving in the meantime, and why weren't you driving Betty?
4: Well, because for some reason the family didn't think it was that safe to have the kids in that car, which I don't understand. <laughs> She's just fine. Well, I mean, it could have been a work car. Drive it to and from work. Well, what's the point of having another car then? Why have two cars? One just to drive to work and back. I don't know. I don't understand. Well, I that.
3: mean, I you don't necessarily listen. If you had it, it obviously it'd been paid for. You think? If there was that deep. I of bought a, it for
4: twenty five hundred dollars in nineteen ninety seven. If there was that deep of an emotional attachment. And I got rid of it in what twenty seventeen. That wow. That's. Pretty recently, 2015, something like that. Or I stopped driving it. in 2015.
3: Do you know where it is now? Is it? it was still a, on the road somewhere.
4: Well, like, I don't know if it is. Guy wanted it to have it out at his lived at a uh, lived in a at a farm and just wanted something to toodle around out there in. And so he bought it and he called and said, "Well, does it run?" I said, "Yeah." So he said, "Okay." So
3: do you still yeah. have that gentleman's no, contact information? I don't. Now, would I w-
4: very, now I wish I do.
3: be very interesting to check in on that. It would. Does your brother-in-law have that contact information? No. So it's, I don't know. Do we, do we have a name of the person who bought the car?
4: I had it, but I don't have it anymore. Well, there's no point in keeping it.
3: Well, there certainly was a point
4: well, in keeping it. Well, obviously now there, there is, Bob, and I made a mistake. I got rid of the name. I don't know how to get a hold of them.
3: Now I'm a little rattled. (laughs) We'd love, we would love to check in on Black Betty. That we would. We'd love to know that car got me still on the road. It had just
4: over one million kilometers. It's crazy. Six hundred and fifty thousand miles. Isn't that nuts? That's crazy. The odometer stopped at eight hundred and twenty-three thousand. What kind of car? It was a Chrysler Laser. What year? Remember the Daytonas? I do. It was the before them, right before
3: those Daytonas. So about nineteen on. eighty-six. Eighty-six, and uh, six hundred fifty thousand miles. And now I'm, I'm going to challenge you over the weekend to try to find out where that car is. You hunted. You you got a hold of Parksy. You made that happen. I did. Well, it's worth an effort, I guess. <laughs> Where, what
4: if she's still going? That's what I want to know. Like, do I try to buy it back? That's what I want to know. And I'll park it right, like, in our front yard. Well, I don't think Dia would And go. get rid of the grass and just have Betty out there. Yeah, I'm sure. How do you think that'll go over? You'd be
3: looking for a new wife as well as your old car. So you're saying no? <laughs> I'm saying that. It would just be interesting to know if it still functions. It would, it would. I honestly, you got me thinking of it. Like I
4: really want to know right now. All of a sudden.
3: Well, I don't mean to drag up the past on
4: you. No, it's all but good. That car, you had it for how many years? I had it for twenty. Well, I got it in ninety-two. I had it for like twenty-three years. And you just sold it to a guy, and then just you, know, you don't know it. uh, it's like playing hockey with guys your buddies really tight buddies for eight months and then they go off you don't talk to them and run into them six years later no it's all good that was that's how i that's how i grew up well, 16 years old i went away from home 15 years old meet buddies then you go back and guys move and change and you just well, well.
3: yeah that's understandable it's not as understandable how you can just let go of a car that meant so much of you, so much to you, and uh, now I think I've rekindled some of your emotions for Black Betty. Well, yeah, and we'll see what happens. We'll we'll see what happens. We'll see if anything comes of it. I don't know what avenues you would even have to track it, track her down. Uh, Dia said, "No, Bob." <laughs>
4: What, no, Bob want, doesn't want me to track it down at all.
3: Doesn't even want you to make an effort. No, no, Bob. I thought maybe that was no. We're not going to put it on our lawn.
4: Oh no! I think if I get it, I could
3: probably sell that to her. <laughs> Wait for the next tag. <laughs> if she heard that nonsense, <laughs> but anyway, we'll see what happens. You never know. We'll see. I, I we I I might
4: actually do that.
3: Well, Should I we'll do see. that? Not if your wife's not on board, you know. The only thing, the only thing I'm promoting here is for you to have the peace of mind, and not that you don't already, right? But for you to have the peace of mind to either hear, well, B- Betty finally stalled out on us uh, two years ago, and we, you know, gave it to scrap, or you might hear, yeah, she's, we got eight hundred and twelve thousand miles on her now. Uh she would get to a million for sure. You might hear that, and you, and you'd probably be. Relieved to know it, either way. I would. I would. I think maybe we should do that. So, Dia, with all due respect.
4: No grass parking.
3: uh, On this particular topic, I'm encouraging Jason to try to find out the status of his beloved Black Betty. That's right. Black Beauty. Black Betty.
4: Black Betty. Oh, man. And we'll see. 1997, I got her. Oh, 20. got in there. No, not 1997. years. Got in. Twenty-five years. First song on the radio as I turned it on, "Black Betty." There was the name. name. Easy done, just like that. Great car. Great car. (laughs) She said, "If if if I buy it back, I have to park it at your house."
3: (laughs) I don't know that that would happen. How
4: about the front yard? You don't got to worry about your gas. There
3: you go. All right, we uh, we'll uh, Max is starting to play the music. On I guess he wants us to go. I guess he does. We'll take a break. Dylan Schmidt. There you go. There's Black Betty. Thought we were taking a break. I just hear music. We'll take a break. Come back and talk with Dylan Schmidt, the head coach at Andale. He joins the show next. Well done, Max.
0: This is the Bob and Jeff Show on 97.5 and 1240 KFH.
3: All right, we are honoring rock and roll. What better kind of music to honor? The song is called Rock and Roll, of course. One of the famous tunes from Led Zeppelin. Dylan Schmidt joins us. He is the head football coach at Andale. They are off to a 1-0 start. 75-28 to 28 win over Wellington in week one. Dylan, welcome.
5: Hey, thanks for having me on.
3: So here you are again with another dynamic team, a great offensive team, a very long winning streak uh, in a community that savors football. So I, I, I'm, I've always been curious about this, and I may have asked you this in the past, but how do you keep your guys, uh, I won't say motivated, because I'm sure that's not that big of a challenge, but in, a, in fine-tuned, uh, as much success as you've had, uh, there's teams that you're playing uh, in the first few weeks that probably don't have much of a chance to beat you. So how do you fine-tune your guys?
5: Yeah, I mean, I think motivated or fine-tuned is fair. Um, I mean, it's tough to motivate them, you know, it's, I think, you know, when you're successful, it's easy to stand back and say, hey, look at all the good things I've done and, you know, kind of rest on, on all those things. And so, number one, it starts with mindset. Um, you better have a can-do, you know, workman-like mindset. And I think our kids have that because, you know, mom and dad at home expect that and they expect them to get up and get after it and, you know, be at summer weights and work jobs and do all those things. And so, you know, that's just the reality, you know, it. <laughs> you got to have the right mindset going into it. And if you do that, then you'll buy into the coaching, the attention to detail, and, um, you know, the process that we go through. I mean, we're always, you know, changing things up within our program, but obviously there's a lot of things that, hey, this is how we do things. Um, But the bottom line is you got to get kids to buy into that. Like, hey, this is how we do things, and we're going to have attention to detail, and we're going to work hard, and we're going to be disciplined. And, you know, if you can do that and you have some talent, um, usually you can be pretty successful, and so – you know all those things so far have been the case and you know hopefully we can keep going well coach
4: you're on an amazing run you guys have been good for as long as i've been around this area but does this this part of this start in middle school too how much do you have to do with that is, is do you kind of is, is there any communication there where you know this is what we're going to do in high school kind of thing and so maybe when those kids get there. They're a little bit more prepared. Is that something that you guys look at, too, or do you just wait till they get
5: there? Starts out of the womb, doesn't it? Well, obviously, <laughs> Probably. It
4: only makes sense.
5: <laughs> yeah, I think a little bit of both. Um, you know, the thing that's helped me now is I grew up here, and so a lot of the guys that are coaching the youth teams, they're buddies of mine, or I know them very well. Um, you know, I'm the third-grade head football coach right now as well for the Cougars. And so we start in second and third grade. My son is a third grader and played last year. And so by default, <laughs> I got the third grade job. And then, you know, Steve Stanhope, who's our athletic director, is one of our head coaches. Um, so our eighth grade coach is is Scott Allaire, um, a guy that played on the same team as me. He was a couple years younger than me. And so it's starting to get where a lot of the... Buddies or guys I know well or guys that were in school when I was in school or on the team And so there's a relationship there of them reaching out a little bit more and not that there wasn't in the past But as you know life's all about relationships and When you know people you're probably more apt to reach out and ask questions and do some of those things so that's helped of late um, Yeah, I mean in general we try to have clinics and summer stuff and you know get them going You know could we do it better a better job than we're doing? Yeah, I mean that, that's always the, the challenge is how do you do things better? I think in general, those guys have tried to implement what we what we do. But the problem for most of those guys is, you know, it's a volunteer deal and they're working their, their real job and they're coming out at, you know, 6 o'clock at night. and um, They don't, just don't have the time that we have to, you know, go through all the blocking schemes. and um, Plus the practices are shorter and, you know, there's not as many days to practice and um, on and on and on. I'm just bringing that up because now I'm coaching the third grade and I'm going, man. There's a lot of things that you just can't cover, and it's a challenge. Um, You know, I was joking with somebody the other day and said it's the hardest coaching job in America is to coach third-grade youth football. Um, So I'm sure they feel like that at the fourth and fifth and sixth and seventh grade level. There's a lot of challenges there. But, no, in general, those guys have been very receptive. And uh, Derek Deegan, who is our um, offensive line coach and a longtime assistant, and he's the one that started the program in the first place. So there's a lot of, you know, just people are connected. Um, In small-town America, you know people, and I think that's helped us, no doubt about it. It's definitely been part of our reason why we've been successful. When I was in school, we didn't have a youth program like we do now. We had one team, a 6th and 7th and 8th grade team. It was one combined team. Um, So it's just a better model for how we're doing things.
3: Dylan Schmidt, our guest, Andale with 52 straight wins. Uh, That is the nation's longest current winning streak. At home tonight against Rose Hill. So last week against Wilmington, you had a 45 point lead at halftime, uh, and I and I'm kind of getting back to this just because I'm a high school sports guy. I've I've always enjoyed it. Um, I think there's too many classes in Kansas. I'd love to see Andale uh, challenge more. I don't know if you feel that way at all or or not, but do you agree with my premise that there's too many classes? And like, uh, it's it's going to be fun to see you play collegiate again and and Cheney and some of the good teams in 3A. But, man, it would be fun to see you take on Bishop Mage St. Thomas Aquinas or somebody like that too.
5: Sure. I mean, the, the, the thing about it is things are changing all the time, right? You know, it used to be, you know, 4A and 3A, there were 64 teams in it. And then we went to 4A Division One and Two, and, you know, 3A now, and I've heard people say, well, 3A is, you know, it's just 3A. Well, 3A is what 4A used to be. It's Topeka Hayden, it's Holton, you know, it's all those teams that we used to play back in the day in 4A. Well, now they're 3A because the metro areas are growing and obviously western Kansas and those type of places are dying off. I mean, we now have six-man football, which we never had before, and we have eight-man, you know, a couple divisions there. And so um, it's just a different deal, and it's ever-changing, as we all know. I mean, the metro areas will continue to grow, and I would assume the western, you know, part of the state, you know, will have to figure out how are they going to continue to play football. Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, from a fan's perspective, I get it. Um, from my perspective, obviously, I enjoy winning. <laughs> so, I mean, sure, we, we just play it. whoever we play. Yeah, I mean, we, we play whoever we play. Is that to say that I wouldn't enjoy playing a derby or some of those teams? Sure. Um, I'd love to play them when we're really good and they're not as good. Um, but, you know, the, the win streak's been a lot of fun. Um, we, we've enjoyed that. It's a neat deal. Um, a lot of things have come because of it. Um, but no, I mean, uh, I mean, the, the thing that we would run into being a smaller school and we get a lot of boys out for football is that what you get into with football is injuries. And if you don't have a lot of bodies, it's hard to, you know, if you're playing knockdown drag out every week, you, by the end of the year, you're, you're going to be nowhere just because you can't sustain it. Um, and that's been our key to this run is that there's been ebb and flow throughout the season. You mentioned collegiate, you mentioned Cheney, some of those other schools. We've had our tests along the way, but we've also had some easier games too. And so you can rest guys and you can keep guys healthy. I mean, it's the Bill Snyder approach, right? You know, schedule some easy games up front and, you know, and feel good about where you're at and, and, and see kind of what things work and what don't and get ready for the meat of the, the Big 12 schedule and those type of deals. And I'm not saying our schedule is easy up front or it's not here and you're out. My point is that the ebb and the flow allows us to kind of keep some guys healthy. And then by the end of the season, you know, you're where you need to be. I mean, we all watched the Chiefs game last night. And when you don't have Travis Kelsey and you don't have some of the other guys in there, um, things change for you. And that'd be the 100% thing for us. If we don't have our studs when it matters, then we're going to get beat. Um, and so that would be the challenge um, against a Derby or against a Bishop Miege. You know, those bigger schools where, you know, the kids just playing one side of the ball you know that type of deal but not to say that i wouldn't enjoy it because i would not to say that we couldn't compete year in year out because for the most part we could um but if you were playing those teams week in and week out you'd get dinged up and and it'd be hard to finish the season
4: well coach obviously with the team that you have give us a little rundown on some of the guys you have who you expect expecting to step up for you this year and uh just uh fill
5: us in on some of the uh, personnel you have yeah, so I'll start with Gage Prosser. He had a big game last week for us. He's a captain. Um, really one of our most talented guys on the team. Plays running back for us. Um, we're going to move him to corner. He's played some outside linebacker. He was the kid that had the kickoff return for a touchdown. Then three plays later has a strip um, into the end zone for a touchdown. And Gage just had a heck of a game. He's a heck of an athlete. He's a school record holder in the 400 as a sophomore. Last year, he gets a Liz Frank fracture in his foot in the collegiate game, plays through the rest of the season. Um, so he had surgery, missed all of basketball, missed all the track. So I've been really happy to see him have such a great game because he's been battling injury all year, I mean, all last year. And um, Owen Eck, another captain for us, is going to play quarterback for us. Um, Owen had a really good game, three touchdowns last week, and plays defensive back for us, too, and punt returner. Um, up front, we got Ian Awad and Henry Eck. Um, both of those guys are multiple year starters. Um, and then the other guy that we bring back up front is Cody Engelbrecht. Cody, um, and Ian are both captains for us. And so those are kind of the guys we're relying on. We're not very big up front and and those guys aren't very big, but they're all kind of wrestler type kiddos. And so they're just tough kids. Um, Carson Butts is probably our most legitimate, you know, college football type guy plays tight end for us, plays, uh, inside or outside linebacker, depending on where we move them. Um, He's got some offers, some college offers to go play. He's a real talented athlete. Um, And there's many more. Those are kind of our captains and some of our seniors that I mentioned there. But, you know, there's a lot of underclassmen that we're excited about. and um, In general, like usual for us, it really depends on the game, who shines. Um, we, We share the wealth offensively. And I think defensively last week we played 22 guys. Um so it's always fun to be able to do that and rotate a lot of guys in. so I think it really depends on the week who's going to stand out and, and you know just what the game plan is and what what teams allow us to do. We'll take whatever they give us. Dylan Schmidt has
3: been our guest, a head football coach at andale. They have another dynamite team, certainly the favorites in class 3A. Uh, my granddaughter happens to attend andale and you think when you think of Andale you think of football and track and- all the successful athletics. Uh, she's uh, kind of pumped up the theater department and the music department. She loves it over there and loves being in those uh, those aspects of the high school. So, uh, well-rounded place, Andale. We we love it. Thank you, Dylan. We appreciate it.
5: Hey, appreciate you guys having me on.
3: All right. Dylan Schmidt, the head football coach at Andale High School. Rose Hill going over there tonight. Rose Hill, of course, over here. In the uh, uh, southeastern, I'm sorry. Yeah, the southeastern part of, uh, well, they're in Butler County. So they're headed over to Andale, way out in northwestern Sedgwick County. Uh, What do you think goes through the brains and minds of those Rose Hill kids tonight as they make that bus trip out to Andale? The bus trip going there will be long.
4: The one going home will probably be longer.
3: A little more pain tough.
4: It's tough going into, you know, when you're going to Andale, it's tough to keep your head on straight because you know you're probably going to get thumped.
3: Especially, and, that's, that's and, just, and we're not picking on Rose Hill. Absolutely not. But, but any, they,
4: anybody that goes into Andale,
3: is it's just the way it is. Now, now I if, mean, you I, have a, if you have a team that you think is capable of, you know, and, and some of the, but this is, a, this is a Rose Hill team that's probably a little bit down. Uh, They got beat thirty-five to nothing by Collegiate last week. Now that game was scoreless at halftime, but it's just got to be daunting. Absolutely, it is. It is, and it's tough.
4: And especially at at the age these kids are, it's tough to, it's tough knowing to go. You're going to a place where, man, if we can get out of here and stick
3: within forty, we did a good job. How about the poor kids from Nickerson? And I'm I'm trying not to pick on people. But last year, Andale beat Nickerson 108 to nothing. They play on September 29th in Andale. I'd probably just say the bus didn't work and we'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> Wouldn't you? You'd like to. <laughs> You'd like to, but you're not going no, to. No, you can't. But uh, you... you can't do
4: it, but it it's tough. I mean, it is. It's tough. And I feel bad for the kids because they just want to play. But you're going to a into somewhere where their program's been so strong for so long and it just continues to be, that it makes it difficult. It makes yeah. it difficult. You know, sometimes they say, and and I agree with it, you got to play better competition to get better, but sometimes
3: taking a whooping isn't always a good thing. Sometimes just practicing against this competition makes you better, better than you're going to get in a game. Yes. Uh, Andale's second stringers are probably – better than some of the teams they play right i would agree okay
4: yeah giving
3: you a little knowledge
4: i appreciate it yeah you're welcome any knowledge i can get is always good
3: here is joanna chadwick to give us a little more knowledge from bite magazine derby high school journalism instructor formerly of the wichita eagle grew up in minnesota has wonderful parents great family how are you joanna
2: Wow, that, that is like my favorite introduction ever. You forgot to mention my husband and sons, though.
3: Oh, I did forget that. I apologize. <laughs> uh, wonderful husband and three fantastic sons. Well uh, done, so, Bob. So last week we, uh, we had Derby going to Manhattan, and they lost again. And I don't know the last team uh, to have three straight wins over Derby, but I don't know. That's got to be a long, long time ago.
2: Yeah, you know, that's that should be something I should look up, actually, because I'm thinking maybe Hutch or Heights. Uh, you know, before Derby broke through in 2013 uh, with that state championship, they had some nail biters in the 6A semifinals for quite a while. But that is really surprising to see. But at the same time, um, obviously Manhattan is an excellent team. And I think that we saw, too, that – While Derby's passing game is excellent with Braxton Clark at quarterback, uh, their run game is going to have to get some more. um, I don't know if team if Manhattan just focused in on that running game, but they really held them and held them below fifty yards.
4: Joanna, what a uh, you know obviously it's the first week, but is there any teams that you're kind of looking at this year that might uh, might surprise us or anybody that? you want to keep your eye on that might not be on anybody else's radar
0: uh
2: you know this is always a really hard question after you know one game is really seeing who's going to pop up because i think it's really easy to even just write off a team like let's just go ahead and write off derby and carol because they both opened up with losses uh but at the same time it's the season is is so up and down it's really hard to tell who's going to be that breakthrough team um i did um you know, I did look at that Cheney win over over Kingman. I thought that was a really good win uh, for Cheney, and I thought Eisenhower beating Hutch. Uh, that says things too. But at the same time, it's you know, football is such a game where we only have that one game a week, and there's so many keys, so many players that are key factors in a, a team that I just find it hard to really say this is going to be the team to watch this year.
3: So while you were talking to Duda, I went back and uh, checked something, and Derby lost four consecutive games to Heights from 2008 to 2011. Let me reiterate, while you were talking to Duda, I looked that up.
2: (laughs) Well done. You're amazing. Let me just point out, though, that I just want to give props to my memory that I pulled that one out on the fly because my memory is not very good. So I just want to say – but I was probably at most of those Heights games when I think about it.
3: Yeah, I haven't looked up Hutch. Uh, they obviously Hutch had a run there that was pretty impressive. So, but it, but at least now we know Derby has lost uh, even more than three in a row to a particular opponent. Uh, back to tonight's games, and and I want to mention Joanna, our our friend uh, Linda Gregory, who tragically was uh, injured. Uh, severely at a uh, JV football game on Monday of this week Uh, it doesn't obviously look good for her you have been in her company uh, more than I have but Linda and Mel have done phenomenal photography work for League 42 since our inception Uh, so we share their friendship and I just wanted to make mention of her and then talk about how Mel is going to be out at the Northwest Heights game tonight, uh, taking photos. Uh, they've also been very close to the Northwest football program uh, with his daughter, and that's going to be quite an emotional scene out at out at Heights out, out at Heights
2: tonight. Well, I just want to say, you know, thank you to all the media who have uh, wanted to t- to to tell Linda's story, um, because for those of us who know and love her, um, you know, she's incredibly special. And when it comes to the Northwest football team, uh, you know, they were a part of it. Uh, Mel and Linda will always be a part of that program. And they're the type of people who kind of just become family. They, they're there, they're giving, they're loving, and you, they're impossible not to love. And I, uh, I love that Coach Martin, I mean, he's a, he's a really thoughtful guy. And they're going to be wearing stickers with LG for Linda Gregory's um, uh, on their helmet. And there's also Heitz is going to have a moment of silence for Linda Gregory. And I love that Mel is going to be there because it's a Friday night. That's where Mel and Linda always are. And uh, it, it is absolutely devastating that we do not have her that she is still alive. Um, she is on life support, but her time is, is near for, for her passing.
3: Yeah, sad, extremely sad. And, of course, uh, those of us who know and love the Gregories have been immersed in that all week, and we can only wish the best for Mel and his family moving forward. Uh, let's get back to some football. That's an interesting game, Northwest playing at heights. Really impressive opener for Northwest to beat Carroll the way they did. I don't even know what to make of that. I was astounded. Uh, talk a little bit about Northwest, and then we've got a, the, the game of the weekend. The City League is caping at East tonight. That should be a caping at East uh, playing at South. That should be a great game.
2: Well, let's first talk about Heights getting that win at Garden City. I believe it was at Garden City. Uh, to be able to pull that one out, they came from behind, and they were able to win that game. And I think that's always impressive when teams are able to do that but certainly what northwest did uh to bishop carroll was truly impressive and i think that you know under steve martin northwest offense has been utterly ridiculous they just churn out players they put up massive numbers and I think the to be able to hold Carroll in check like they did offensively, because Carroll usually has an excellent offense as well, and I'm sure they still will have a good season. But what what Northwest did was pretty impressive. And then looking at, you know, Cape, and obviously they had a big win over, over South. I would like to see uh, what they do tonight to, to see is that offense at, at that high level um, because I don't think Heights is at the same level that East is. East lost a a heartbreaker to Washburn Rural. I mean, they were behind, and they were able to get right there with them, and it was just – I think that was just kind of a heartbreaker.
4: Well, I got to ask you, the Mays Eagles, how are they going (laughs) to fare this year? Obviously losing Avery Johnson. Do you got any insight for me on what I should expect?
3: Well, they got a tough one tonight with Andover Central. I know. Two Mays. So that'll be a big test, but I think Joanna, I'm not putting words in your mouth, but yeah, you lose Avery Johnson and it's going to be a blow, but Gary Guzman has built that program now to a point where they're still going to be pretty good.
2: Well, Bob didn't put any words in my mouth. He just stole them. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's the does. truth. It, well, but it, it is absolutely the truth. You know, it. I don't have the years to back this up. Okay, I don't have the specifics, and Bob could probably look this up during Duda's next question. Um, but <laughs> May, Mays used to be the team that they were kind of a one a one year wonder. They built up with these with these a certain class of players, and they were good with them. And then they'd have a great senior season, and then they would fall back down. And then in four, five, six years, they would have another good season. Gary Guzman has put together uh, a program that is not just a senior program where only that one good class coming through is when they have a good team. He has continually been able to have great players come through and teams want to play for them. They also play an exciting brand of football. Uh, They have exciting athletes and uh, it's been really fun to watch them play.
3: And uh, Topeka, they beat Topeka high school 43 to nothing last week. Now, I don't know if Topeka High is very good. It does not look like they're a power, and they but they have been in recent years. Uh, but that was an impressive shutout win for Mays. So Andover Central Mays tonight is a highly intriguing game because we know Andover Central's very good as well. I'll tell you, another game that interests me is Valley Center at Goddard. I think both of those teams are uh, worth watching.
2: I agree. And both of them opened up with good wins. And uh, I... You know, we, we tend to talk about the same teams over and over again, so I appreciate you bringing up uh, a couple different programs there. And, you know, Goddard, you know, they were really good for a while, and they had a, a, a few years where they kind of fell off, and they seem to be back on that, that route that Coach Beeson usually has them on. So it'll be good to watch them.
3: Yeah, always a fun night uh, when we play high school football. That's the case tonight uh, all over the state of Kansas. Joanna Chadwick from Vite Magazine. Good enough to join us each and every Friday. Joanna, thank
2: you. Hey, thank you, guys.
3: All right, there you go. A little high school football for you. You're always intrigued about the Mays Eagles. Well, of course. And uh, they'll be uh, at home tonight. You can uh, head, out, head out to see them if you choose.
4: Well, I did. we did actually kind of talk about it because I thought well, there you uh, go. my daughter might go. Not that we're going to go together because that She'll would be, not be cool. She, that wouldn't be cool. She'll be with her friends. But we, Dee and I talked about maybe going, maybe not. And then she's like, I'm not going. And so I said, well,
3: I might. We'll, well see. We'll see. We'll see what you feel like we'll when see. you get home. It depends. See it, uh, if you have any luck tracking down Black Betty. And if that, if that happens. If,
4: if I'm doing that, I'm not going to the game. Because that's going to be a chore and a half.
3: <laughs>
4: chore and a half.
3: I was... Uh, told by your lovely wife that I'd opened up what what were her a exact words I I don't know if it was a can of worms maybe that was it Well we don't this is a can we didn't need to open oh that's it that's so, right so my apologies but uh and if I do make reference to it during the rest of the show understand that it's <laughs> by mistake
0: total uh,
4: accident <laughs>
3: exactly
4: Total. oh sorry I, I forgot about that yeah yeah I I get that Thank you. But you could bring it up again if you
3: want. (laughs) We're going to take a break. We've got a busy hour number two as well. Adam Teicher, ESPN.com at 325. We'll talk about the Chiefs and their uh, failure last night to win their season opener. At 340 today, Tammy Cutler from Wichita State Strategic Communications. They just had a, a press conference announcing that women's bowling will be an NCAA sport at Wichita State now. So that's uh, big news. We'll talk to her for our five-questions segment. We'll be back.